This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Hey, welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. I am your host, Brian Timothy Petrie. Um, <clears throat> sorry, a little froggy still. If you listen to last week's show, you know I was battling illnesses. I talked to guys fucking ear off about it. Feeling good, feeling better. Still hacking some shit up. Everything I guess that was in my chest or my lungs um, has moved to my fucking head. My eyes are bloodshot. Like shit. Like I wake up with goop in my eyes. Like all this. I'm like, what the fuck? That's happened to me one other time. when I was in uh, San, uh, San Antonio. I left. Um, I left Cincinnati in January. Winter. Flew to San Antonio. Different climate. Woke up, couldn't even open my eyes. I said, oh my God, I was with my, <clears throat> excuse me, I was with my ex-girlfriend's family. Her mother worked in the uh, 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 fucking hospital or whatever. And I was like, do I have pink eye? My eyes were so red. Like I fucking smoked the Diaz or the Rogan brother weed, right? My eyes were so red. And she's like, no, nah, you should be okay. And I was like, all right. Well, I woke up the other night, fucking goop all my eyes. But we're good. We're hanging in there, working out a little bit. Worked out, hit the background today. Um, this put a big stint. Uh, you know, I was, I was I talked to you guys about it. Got the clearance from the brain doctor to go ahead and start training again. This put a big fucking hold on that because, I mean, I can't go. My lungs aren't 100% yet. Obviously, I'm in not, not in the best shape. But I guess this kind of works out because I've dropped 18 pounds. You know what I mean? Like, in the hospital, I just was like, I mean, I know my pneumonia has not any, had anything to do with my diet or weight or anything like that. But I'm like, you know, like this is, you know, I don't like being in the hospital. You know what I mean? If, if I eat like shit and drink like shit and don't do anything, I probably could be here a lot more. So um, I've cut back, although in almost two weeks, two weeks will be tomorrow since I was in the hospital and they weighed me. I'm down about 18 pounds ish. Maybe 17, because I just weighed myself right before I, I, I came on, and I'm up a pound, only because I think I'm drinking a soda right now. I need energy. I'm addicted to caffeine. I need to bring it for you guys. You know what I mean? I need to... I mean, there's not a ton to talk about. I'm going to recap. Well, there's huge news. We'll get to that first. Usually, I recap first. We'll do huge news first. Actually, my paper's not even out. What is wrong with me, man? Anyway, big shout out to the MMA Etc. guys, MMA ETC podcast. They were a sponsor. They shouted me out um, the other night for the Nashville card. They sat down and recorded a live podcast and everything like that. So good guys, good Canadian guys. Uh, would love to get one of them on the podcast, get all of them on the podcast. You know, I think they're, I don't, I think they want to say Edmonton. They're in Edmonton. I don't know much about Canada, so I don't know how far away that is. I don't know if that's West Coast. I don't know if it's in the middle. I mean, Canada's a big, beautiful country. Not really sure where Edmonton's at. Toronto, I know. It's about two hours away from Buffalo. But Edmonton, uh, yeah, I don't know where that's at. If that's where they're from, I don't know. If they listen to this, let me know where you guys are from. Come on the podcast. I'll come on yours. I would love to sit in and, and do a live uh, live video with you guys and, and, and watch some fights. That's the dream. But I'm feeling better. You know, back at work, energy's up. Even without the, the, without the Coke I'm drinking right now, the energy's up. Down some weight, which is good. Trying to lose some more. I want to be about 20 pounds light. The goal was to be about 10 pounds lighter and then go train. And then and then the weight just flies off. I wanted to be... Now I'm thinking I've dropped 18 in two weeks. Primarily because I stopped eating like an idiot. 
start having bananas in the morning, you know, no, no caffeine, no whatever. I think 18 and two weeks without, I mean, without really working out too much. I mean, my job is kind of physical, so I, I'm obviously burning, burning calories there. But I'm like, ah, you know, I need to work out a little bit more and I think it's going to come off. That's the way my body works. If I, if, if I really cut back on the, on the diet or even, yeah, just cut back. I don't, you know, I'm a picky eater, so I can't really go like kale everything. Can't have a smoothie or whatever. I, I just, I'm too picky. But, um, so it's basically chicken for me here on out. I mean, that's the thing with me. I'm picky, but I can probably eat the same thing every night. I mean, I'll probably get bored of it real quick. But anyway, health is good. Health is wealth, baby. We're, we're still kicking. We're still rocking. Um, I'm excited to go to Atlanta. That's all I kept thinking about. Besides my baby girl, besides my little daughter, all I kept thinking about in the hospital was like, you know, obviously my mind's fucking playing tricks on me. And I'm thinking the worst, like some asshole. And I'm like, man, I don't, you know, I spent a lot of money in this, this UFC tickets. I don't think I get to go now. Like that's like, like if I don't make it out of the hospital, not only do I not to be not, I don't get to be a husband for my wife and a, a father to my daughter, which are the most important things in the world. Also not being alive is pretty, you know, that, that sucks. But I go, huh, I, don't, I spent, you know, I spent a lot of money on those tickets. I'm going to go to the UFC. So that's where my mind, that, so if you question me, if I love, if I love this shit, I mean, I just told you right there, you know, it goes wife, baby or baby wife, interchangeable, depending what mood I'm in. But if my wife pissed me off and the right underneath there is MMA, that's how it works, man. That's how much I love this fucking sport. Anyway, we're going to get to the national recap, but the first thing broke mid last night, I guess. I don't know. Whenever he tweeted out, Conor McGregor says he retired <clears throat> again. This will be the second time he's retired. I call bullshit. I wish I had a bullshit meter. I would, I would, I would slap bullshit. Uh, you know, it's, 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 complete I this is my theory I'm gonna read you the tweet so he tweeted last night at 1 1 a.m uh eastern time I, I would assume hey guys quick announcement I decided to retire from the sport formerly known as mixed martial arts that's in quotations today I wish all my old colleagues well going forward in competition I now join my former partners on the on this adventure already in retirement proper pina coladas on me fellas so that was the tweet he sent out. I don't think he's tweeted since or has commented. Dana White came out and said, I'm happy for him. I would have retired too. He's killing it with his other business. There's no need for him to fight anymore. Dana White came out and supported him. So this is, I mean, this is what's happening, right? They're obviously in negotiations for his next fight. It's going to be in July. It's going to be international fight. Week. Connor has made no bones about it. That he wants to be a partner with the UFC. He wants to have some kind of equity in the company. He wants to own it. He wants to own a share of it. Um, some kind of revenue stream that he makes money off every event because you know he thinks UFC just sold for you know four point whatever billion dollars. I I help that, and I I don't disagree with them. Connor is a big part of that. But listen, the biggest star in the world. I don't care what, who you are, whether it's in the NFL, whether it's in Major League Baseball, the NBA, or the or MMA, you are not going to be bigger than the sports. Tom Brady, I'm not a fan, but greatest of all time. Absolutely. Imagine if Tom Brady wanted equity in the Patriots. He went up to Kraft and says, I'm not playing unless I get equity in the team. 
I want to be part owner of the team. Bob Kraft obviously would be like, no. And then if, what, what, are, what are Tom Brady's options? Is he going to go play in Canadian? Is he going to play in the AFF or whatever the fuck that is? The, uh, the XFL that's coming up? No one would care. Tom looks great in the XFL. He's going to win all the championships, but he's not in the show. Same thing with Major League Baseball. Bryce Harper, right? And Mike Trout, they just signed the biggest deals ever in baseball. What if Bryce Harper goes, you know what? Nah, I want to go play baseball in Japan. I want to go out there and play with Ichiro. Would anybody care? No, no one's going to care. And the same thing with basketball. Same thing with UFC. Conor McGregor is leveraging his star power, which is a lot. And UFC and MMA has never seen a guy like Conor McGregor before. He's leveraging that into this deal that he wants, which is fine. He's, a, he's an intelligent businessman. He's got good people around him. I think the UFC and Ari Emanuel, who I'm assuming is who owns it, who's doing a lot of the negotiations as well, probably was like, no. Because what happens is, is it's obviously a conflict of interest. But on the other hand, that's how boxing works, right? Floyd Mayweather paid top rank a uh, million dollars or something, something crazy to get out of his contract so he can do his own promotion. So whenever he fights, it's a Mayweather promotion. He runs the show. He decides certain things. He's the A-side. You've seen him talk about it all the time. Conor McGregor, I guess, wants something like that in UFC. Obviously, it didn't go his way, so he retired. He threatened retirement. He retired. Listen, I don't hate the move by Conor, but this is, how many more times are we going to have to do this? Because you're not really retired. Two weeks ago, you're in a bar in Chicago talking about how you want to rematch Khabib. This past weekend, you tweeted out how Anthony uh, Pettis just won three fights in three different weight classes. You just tweeted at him, welcome to the club, kid. Now, who the fuck wants it now? Or whatever it was. And then a couple, three days later, you're going to retire. Clearly, something fell through. And he's being a little bit of a spoiled guy. Not getting his way. I mean, I don't hate it. You're not going to hear me. Talk all that terrible about Connor, but that's what happened. Is he 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 didn't get a certain deal that he wanted, that what he thought he was worth. He's still making a ton of money. But another thing as well is Connor is a little bit of a handful. He everyone in that building, it's the Connor show. He shows up an hour late to press conferences. That rubs all the other fighters the wrong way. He does whatever he wants. He does he wants to reduce media. He wants to do all these things, and that's fine because he's at the status where he gets to do that, right? He's at the point in his career and the numbers he bring it brings in. He doesn't, he only has to do maybe one press conference. He only has to do like one countdown show, maybe even one Instagram post and people are going to gravitate towards it. Right. But it's not fair to the other fighters. Now you add that on top of a guy who's going to own some of the company. He's going to try to do whatever he wants. There's, you know how many deals are probably coming across his desk right now. The bare knuckle boxing league or whatever the fuck that is. They apparently sent him a crazy offer millions of dollars, millies. You know, I'm sure the Paul Maggiazzi fight, people are offering him a couple million there. He wants to rematch Mayweather for whatever fuck reason. He's going to get smoked again. There's a lot of money on the table for him to be had. And he wants to be loyal because he's a loyal guy and he wants to stick with the UFC. UFC might not be budging on this one thing that he wants. That's my takeaway from it. That's what I think is going to happen. I think that's why the... Uh, last week it came out that he d- d- uh, refused the co-main event spot. He said it has nothing to do with the co-main. I want, I, this is what I want. I think the talks about July, I think they were circling an opponent. 
Obviously, Max Dustin, uh, probably. Oh, I thought I saw a loose dog. I'm looking at my window. There's a dog. There's loose. But um, I think it's going to get worked out. I think he's going to fight in July. I don't think it's going to be the Diaz brothers. I think it will be the winner, Poirier Holloway. Maybe Ferguson, but again, I don't know. I know he wants a Khabib rematch, but Khabib's got to fight Tony if Tony's well. I mean, that, that fight has to happen. No one should be able to leave Frog Tony. Tony could take the Connor fight, make a lot of money. I think that makes sense because that's a money fight. Most people in the sport now, if you if you had the option, if Dustin Poirier got presented, say Dustin Poirier wins, right, against Max Holloway, and they go, okay, so you can fight Connor in September for not for no, no title. Main event, you get points at a pay-per-view, or wait till November and fight Khabib for the title, and you still get points, but it's not going to be Connor points. You know what I mean? Points at the pay-per-view. Nine out of ten times, these fighters are taking the Connor fight. They're taking the money fight, and I don't blame them. Khabib's a, a draw. Khabib's a money fight, but they're taking the money fight over the belt. 100%. So what I think about the Connor retiring, I think it's a little, you know, it is what it is. I don't think it's it's real. It, it, that, that's basically what it is. Not real. I think he's not getting his way. So um, that's what it is. But all right. So let's move on to UFC Nashville. Listen, I shit all over this card. On pa- You can never judge with the UFC. On paper, I, I wasn't crazy about it. I didn't really like the main event. And um, it really, it did well. Uh, there's a lot of fights that were intriguing. A lot of fights performed well. I think it was a probably overall a better card than London. I think London has some interesting matchups. But um, as entertainment value, I think this card was a little bit better. I went 6-6 six and six on my picks. Not great. Not great, people. I uh, There's a lot of surprises that caught me, caught me off guard here. So we'll go through the list here. Eric Shelton versus Jordan uh, Espinosa. I got that fight wrong. I thought Eric Shelton actually won that fight. It was a very close fight. Chris Gutierrez versus Ryan McDonald. Chris Gutierrez dominated McDonald. Bloody, bloody fight. Gutierrez looked good. Did he look great? No. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, what else do you want from that guy? I don't know. 135-er. Is he going to be top 10, top 15 anytime soon? Probably not. Random Marcos versus Angela Hill. This is the underdog that I got right. Random Marcos smoked Angela Hill. Kind of how I thought. Random Marcos is a killer. Angela Hill is great on Twitter. Very hot. And um, very talented fighter as well. Good striker. But she struggles with people that get in her face and rough her up a little bit. And Miranda Marcos, is, that, that's her game. I didn't see a finish happening. And she finished her with armbar, I believe, round one. So a big win for Miranda Marcos. I got that underdog right. Alexa Davis was Jennifer Maya. Another controversial fight. I thought Alexis probably won that fight. Got that fight wrong. Marlon Vera was Frankie Signs. Another one of my underdog picks. Frankie Signs got smoked. Marlon Vera is really, really stepping it up lately. I, I've been disappointed in some of his performances in the past, but he's been a finishing machine, a killer, killer in there. Some of the shots in the back of the head, a lot of people were kind of getting up in their arms about, eh, I wasn't too, he's trying to finish the fight. It wasn't egregious, but I mean, I can see some people getting a little upset by that, but um, he looked great. Marlon Vera, I, I, some, sometimes when you bet underdogs, and I was very confident in the Frankie Science fight because Frankie Science is a good wrestler, in your face, tough, durable dude. Marlon Vera struggles with those kind of people. Um, but when you get it wrong, God damn, you feel stupid. It's the one thing about the MMA game, MMA handicapping game. You feel dumb when you get an underdog wrong. You shouldn't because, listen, it's easy. It's it's so easy to take chalk. It's so easy to bet the favorites every time. My record will, I mean, they're, they're favorite for a reason, but my record would be way better if I took favorites every single time. I'm trying to get the underdog. That's how you win money. It's about money. It's also about my record. I like the numbers. I like having a good record, but it's about the money. 
Um, Bobby Moffitt versus Bryce Mitchell. This fight was, I think, fight of the night. Very entertaining fight. I had Bobby Moffitt. He lost. Bryce Mitchell gave an all-time fucking post-fight uh, speech from Arkansas. Very proud to be in Arkansas. He's screaming. He says, Grandma, tell Papa I'm hungry. Or Papa, tell Grandma I'm hungry. I'm coming home. I want a steak. He's yelling the whole time. He made most of it, right? He made most of his minute. He fucking um, shed Reebok. I told you several times I want camo shorts. I really should bring that up because it's actually really funny. But the dude is straight Arkansas. Look good. This is the guy that fucking took a screwdriver to his nuts. Every time he fights and there's anything to do with the crotch area where he either has a high guard or he's riding the back or even gets kicked low, I think I'm about to throw up. I know it's healed. I know he's okay. He's put back together. But goddamn, at what cost? Next up, you got Macy Barber versus JJ Aldris. I got Macy Barber right. Macy was the heavy favorite. She looked good. She got dropped. Um, kind of holds her head a little high. I, 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 she looked big and strong at 125. I, I don't mind her at 125. I think 115 is obviously where she's going to be at when she gets the diet under control and whatnot. And, and she's a young girl, so maybe even 135 might be in the cards for her later on in life. But if she's struggling at 20 to make 115, it's either a discipline issue or she simply just doesn't want to make it. 125, I think, fits her pretty good. Uh, she looked good. JJ Aldridge dropped her. JJ Aldridge is tough, tough girl. Trains with the champ. Uh, that was an exciting fight. Lewis Pena versus Steven Peterson. Really good fight. I'm not blown away by Pena yet. Um, Peterson's a tough, durable dude. Pena looked great. Did not get tired. Fought, fought, fought smart. Needs to work on his wrestling a little bit. Got taken down a little bit. His ground game wasn't mind-blowing, but his combinations were good. Lacks a little bit of a power at 145. I hate him at 145. Don't know why he's cutting that. He missed weight. I think he needs to be at 155. He's 6'3". He's a beam pole. I think at 155. I don't know why these guys cut so much drastic weight. Funny thing, after this fight, he's a teammate of Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier was doing the interviews. And uh, Pena's like, let me get the mic. Let me shout one more thing out. And Daniel Cormier did a little face like, yeah, you're fucking right. No way. And, you know, because they, they tell you not to give up the mic. You know, Rogan doesn't care. And, and Anik, you know, Anik's going to let it go if, if Anik's there because he's not going to fucking fight these guys. But Cormier knows this guy, was told in the ear, hey, we got to move it along. Don't give this guy the mic. And he was like, nah, it's not going to happen. If you've seen the gift, watch the gift. It's funny. Daniel Cormier's face is funny. Daniel Cormier did great all night, by the way. He had a couple teammates fighting, and, and he seemed pretty unbiased. Juicy A. Formiga versus Deverson Figueroa. I had Figueroa. Boy, did he disappoint. Uh, Formiga, he's good, but he's not. It's weird that he's ranked number one, right? Because I always remember Formiga as getting starts by Joe B. Benavidez smoked him. But he's a lot better than I thought. That was a good underdog pick. A lot of people had a really good underdog pick. I missed it. Hand up. Um, fight was okay. Figueroa, let me not make time. John McDusty versus Jesus Pineda. Uh, black luster fight except the last round. McDusty, again, not the most exciting guy in the world. Not a finisher. Not a big heavy. He's a very technical striker, but he's just, he's just boring. I don't know why they put him so high in this card. He has a name. He's been fighting for a while. But, um... Yeah, Jesus Piñata, I think if he would have done something from round one, he could have won this fight. It was a close decision. But McDessie, I don't know why he's getting these high spots, man. I'm just not, I'm not a fan of it. I got the fight right, but I'm not a fan of it. Curtis Blades was Justin Willis. Um, Curtis Blades dominated Justin Willis. Huge favorite, huge win. Justin Willis um, apparently was saying shit about Curtis Blades' dad or something. Some He was talking crazy. Uh, I don't know what that is. Justin Willis obviously has some holes in his game wrestling. Curtis Blades just fucking manned him. Took him down at will, beat him up. 
dropped him with a right hand. Willis kind of keeps his hands like Cormier. He kind of keeps him high to kind of counter and stuff. Obviously, doesn't have the reflexes. Cormier doesn't have the wrestling as Cormier. Um, needs to work on his wrestling. He does have some power. A little undersized for the division, but he works with his speed. But, you know, at the top of this division, you're going to meet guys that are going to fucking crack you. Um, it's going to be weird if he ever gets matched up with Nganu because, I mean, Willis is like six foot, kind of pudgy, a little out of shape. And Nganu's six four, ripped the shreds. So it'd be very interesting how that fight would play out. You know, if Willis... That, I mean, I, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Willis obviously falls back here. Needs a lot to work on. It wasn't overly impressed. Blades did what exactly what he needed to do. He coming off the Ngannou loss. He called out three guys. He called out Junior Santos, Stipe, and uh, Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis could be out for a while. Um, JDS fight doesn't make a ton of sense. Stipe, I like that because it's a conflicting styles. I think Stipe's holding out for DC. I don't think he's coming back unless it's Cormier, if I'm being honest with you. I think he's going to stay in shape. And if Cormier or Brock, whenever they sign that fight, if they fall out, then Stipe is going to step in. Um, I think he's quite happy being with the, you know, he's, he's like streaming now. He's like doing Twitch. So he's probably making a little bit of money off that. Like Sean O'Malley does. Um, but yeah, that was Stipe. I mean, a Curtis Blades fight is very dangerous. I think it makes sense for both guys to propel the career and whatnot. Um, JDS versus uh, uh, Blades is actually a really good test because, I don't know if I've ever really seen JDS really get mauled besides Kane. Uh, and Curtis Blades' big knock is he can't fight these big, powerful strikers. I mean, his only two losses in Naganyu, and JDS is a big, powerful, athletic striker. So that'd be an interesting fight as well. Um, I like Blades. I'm high on Blades. I think he's he's a talented, talented guy. I don't think he has a chin problem. I just think he has a Naganyu problem. I, I, I think this guy's going to be tough to stop. And then the main event, <clears throat> what everyone's talking about, man, I got this way wrong. Stephen Thompson got knocked out by Anthony Pettis. Entertaining fight. Listen, both guys came out. I like to judge. I think things a little differently. My buddy does the same thing. The walkout really tells me things, right? When BJ Penn was at the height of his career, he would walk out talking to himself, like almost crying, smacking himself in the chin, just like crazy, a fucking crazy person. When he came out like that, I said, whoever he's fighting, no matter what it was, Kenny Florian, Daniel Sanchez at the time, Sean Shark, I'm like, they're fucked. This is crazy BJ. He doesn't do that too much anymore. I don't know what it is. But I like when guys come out confident. Rich Franklin's come out smiling on his face, fiving guys and shit like that. Both guys walked out really confident. Steven Thompson was loose all night. He was, I mean, Chris Wyman had him on the Insta stories and he was loose in the back warming up. He walked out confident. He had he didn't have a care in the world. I think that's why he got knocked out. Pettis, very confident as well. Pettis like, I'm finally going as a guy that's not going to fucking take me down. I get to show my skill. <clears throat> First round was kind of a wash. Steven Wonderboy Thompson did his thing. A little more aggressive. Was kind of pushing the pace on him a little bit. Throwing some punches. Much faster than Pettis, which I, I thought was a little surprising since the Pettis is coming up. Pettis worked some really good leg kicks, which is really good counters to Steven Thompson. He was kicking across his legs. Some deep leg kicks. Every every. Thing uh, Thompson threw, he got counted with a leg kick. Nothing crazy in the first round. No one got dropped or anything. Anthony Pettis got busted up a little bit. His nose was bleeding. He took some straight left hands. Didn't move his head as, as much as I would like him to. Needs to maybe move his head a little bit. He's not the best counter striker. He's definitely really good going forward, but he's not great when the pressure's applied to him. But really entertaining first round. <clears throat> Excuse me. Really entertaining first round. And uh, Steven was in complete control. Duke gave great advice in the corner, said kick the legs, kick the legs. And uh, he came out kicking the legs hard, kicking the body hard. Steven still putting on with that left hand. 
And then 10 seconds ago, five seconds ago, I thought he came off the cage, but it was, he was back was on the cage and he Superman hooked instead of the Superman punch straight punch. He came with a hook. Steven Thompson didn't even see it was caught by surprise flush KO two punches on the ground to finish up huge win for Anthony Pettis. I'm so jealous of people who cash that as an underdog ticket. Not many people I know picked that Anthony Pettis to win that fight. Um, I, I didn't think there was much value in Anthony Pettis. I just, it was, that was balls. If you put some money on that, um, entertaining card though. And what does Anthony Pettis do now? He, he, I like him. He's kind of like, listen, I've been champion before. Now I want fights. If you look at his resume, who he's fought, it's the fucking who's who. This guy's got some wins over some big people. He's got some losses as well. But this is the who's who. I mean, of MMA, you could, people are going to argue if he's a hall of famer or not. Of course he is, right? Former lightweight champion, former WC lightweight champion, former UFC lightweight champion, and the guys he's fought, the quality of the guys. Now he's a three-division weight, uh, not champion, but he's won fights in three divisions. Um, I hated him at 45. 155, 170, I think is a nice little balance. He's very, very undersized for 170. Um, but there's some interesting fights at 170 for him to fight. I think Steven Thompson is a perfect fight for him. Thompson at the biggest 170, long, lean, um, and he's a striker, so he's not going to worry about getting taken down. He called for the winner of Edson Barboza with Justin Gaethje. I think a him and Justin Gaethje fight sounds awesome. Him and Edson Barboza sounds good too. I think uh, I think Barboza is a little too much for him because I don't think he's dynamic enough to beat Barboza. But him and him and Gaethje would be would be very entertaining. I mean, the guy is is a stud at one seventy. I don't love him at one seventy because of the size. But who did he call at one seventy? RDA. He's like I want RDA back. Because he lost his title to him at 55. So a lot of it makes sense. But I'm super impressed with Anthony Pettis. Show some toughness. I know there's been a lot of knocks on him over the years of he's not tough and he quits and all this. I know I've thrown some shots at him. I thought after he won the title, he pretty much checked out. That's all he had to do is win the title. I also kind of flirted with some ideas of maybe him taking some uh, some grandpa's cough syrup. Allegedly, allegedly, that's what was said. But... Um, yeah, so good win for Anthony, uh, Anthony, uh, Pettis there. I love the fight. I love that it, it got passed around social media. A lot of people liked it. I mean, that's what you want. That's what you want. You want the fucking buzz for a card that I kind of shit all over. It was, uh, it was very, very entertaining. I enjoyed it a lot. So again, six and six on the night. Um, I actually did not bet any cash on this fight. I actually didn't think I was gonna be able to catch the fights. I thought I had, because I had to watch them later. Then it's the one thing I don't like about the streaming service. You can't record them. Unless you can, if you can, then someone tell me. But I don't know if you can. Like, if, if it's on regular ESPN, I can throw the DVR on so I can go through my life. I actually didn't bet on it because I didn't think I'd be watching the fights. And then when I watched the fights, I had a little problem with the uh, betting service that I that I used. I'm not going to shout them out because they're not going to fucking pay me for it. But they're being a bunch of buttholes. Listen, I don't have Bitcoin. I don't want, if I win money, I don't want Bitcoin. And if I, and if I pay you, I'm not going to pay you in Bitcoin. So quit asking. All right, money's green. All right, so let's move on. We talked about Connor. Recap Nashville. We got Philadelphia this weekend. There will be another pick on podcast for Philadelphia. My boy Justin Gaethje's fighting. We'll talk all about that next podcast. But um, with TJ Dillashaw busting positive, testing busting positive, testing positive for steroids, who's next at 135? So Dana at UFC Nashville said, I had a plan. I didn't have a plan. I have a plan now. It's going to be Cejudo Moraes for 135 and then Formiga versus Joe B for the number one contendership. 
it's confusing a lot of people because Formiga and Joby are 125ers. Cejudo's a 125 champion. He's lost to Joby, so that should automatically be a rematch. Joby's already beaten Formiga, stopped him, so they shouldn't have to fight again. But Morais needs a fight. Now, what I would have done, I would have done Morais Munoz, Pedro Munoz, and then Morais and Aljamain next. Quick. Aljamain should sit and wait for the winner of Munoz Morais. That's what I would have done. They're going Cejudo. Cejudo going to get that two-weight division. I guess they kind of they deserve it um, since he took on Dillashaw. He's already beaten the former champion. He's got some heat around him. He's definitely being more vocal right now. He's feeling himself a little bit. He's, you know, he's a fucking champion. Technically, I mean, he's not champ champ, but kind of is. He knocked out fucking TJ Dillashaw, who was worried out of his fucking mind. So that's what I would do. But um, I don't, Dana said something about how Joe B and Formiga is going to be back up to the Cejudo or Rice fight if someone falls out, which that doesn't really make sense because it's a different weight class. There's a lot of things to iron out. If you're getting rid of 125, just fucking tell us and have all these guys bump up to 135. There's not, a, there's not a ton of 125ers in the UFC that I don't think could go to 135. I think a lot of them think they can probably fight their best at 125, but most of Joe B's career has been at 135 because 125 wasn't offered. I think he could go up. I'm sure for me, I don't have his record from me. I'm sure he's fought at 135 as well. There's a lot of options. There's a lot of options for these guys. Um, but I would do Morais Munoz, but that's not going to happen. So it looks like Cerruto Morais is next. I actually really like that fight. I don't know how it's going to go. Cerruto is hot right now. Good wrestling, good boxing, looking jacked. He's going to look great at 35. Morais is a killer, though. Morais is a killer. Does have a little bit of a, I wouldn't say chin issue, but he's been caught before and he's been put down before. I think if if Suhudo comes out like he did against Dillashaw, I think that could be problems. I think a lot of people underestimate, underestimate Henry Suhudo's power. I think his boxing's gotten super sharp, and I think he's the added weight that he's put on, the muscle mass he's put on. I think he's gonna be very powerful. But is that powerful? Is that power gonna go to one thirty five? I don't know, but the speed will, and speed kills. So that's what I would do at one thirty five. That's mo- makes the most sense. Aljo looking out right now only. Because he's got that loss to Marais and a, a pretty bad knockout loss. Fluke or no fluke, whatever, you got slept. So you got to take a back seat. And I don't think Aljo's really complaining about Marais getting the shot. I think he knows that. I think he wants to fight Marais. But with Suhudo coming up there, now it's kind of clogging up two divisions. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was, you know, it is what it is. Next up, Nate Diaz must be running out of money because he posted on Instagram where he called out Khabib. So Khabib, you're a little bitch. You didn't do anything when I slapped you. They did get in an altercation, I believe, at World Series of Fighting or something. Maybe even Bellator. His crew and their crew got in a thing, and, and Nate apparently slapped somebody. He called Dustin Poirier a bitch. He said he's already beat Connor twice. So clearly, Nate's motivated to fight. He is a little too proud to maybe make something work with the UFC. I don't know. Dan, I, who knows what to believe in that? They're saying that they're holding him back, and the UFC saying, listen, I owe you three fights a year. If you don't, if I don't get you three fights a year, I gotta pay you. We've called and offered them fights, and they don't. They turn them down. There's nothing they can do if they don't want to fight. Obviously, the Khabib fight doesn't make much sense right now because Khabib's out till fall. He can't jump the line with Tony Ferguson. I would love to see a Nate Diaz Tony Ferguson fight. My problem with the Diaz brothers is their draws. A lot of people like them. I like them. I enjoy them. Right? They sell tickets. You know. They put asses in seats to get people talking. 
but they feel like they're entitled just because of what they've done and, and how popular they are. They think they're entitled to a title shot. Entitled to a title shot, man. That's tough. Conor McGregor shit all the time. Biggest star in the UFC. If he came in and got immediate title shot, people would be fucking rioting. He doesn't deserve it. Meanwhile, this guy's never, this guy was a two division champion. The Diaz brothers have never been champions before. Connor was a 55 and 45 pound champion. First ever to do it. Nate hasn't done anything, right? So why would he get an immediate title shot over anybody, right? He's fourth or fifth in line, right? I wouldn't give him a title shot over anybody. If he would have beat Poirier, if they fought Poirier, got hurt, not Nate. But if they would have fought, he beat Poirier, then maybe. But you got to get a win, right? Your last fight was a loss to Connor. So you need to get a win before you start calling for a title shot. They're trying to make some heat with Khabib, which there is heat there. If Connor's done and Tony can't come back for, for, for his reasons, Holloway, Poirier, winner fights Nate. Nate, the winner of that fights Khabib. Bam, I solved it. But yeah, it's clearly, clearly, clearly Nate Diaz is running out a little bit of money because now he's talking a little bit. Now he wants to fight. A little small news, Ryan Faber is planning on coming back, kind of. He has a grappling match in Polaris next month, I think. I think he just had a birth of his first baby girl. Congratulations, Ryan Faber. Um, I think he's pushing 40 if he's not 40, but he says he's felt really good in practice and, and the UFC has actually called him to fight Cub Swanson and then another fights, um, Korean zombie Cub Swanson in China on three weeks notice and Queen zombie on two weeks notice. He obviously turned those down. That fight didn't happen, but he's been itching to come back. He says he's going to feel, see how he feels at the grappling thing, but he, he's teetering and coming back. You know, I, I, I feel like I like Uriah a lot. I think he's an exciting guy. I think he's a, Household name, I think a lot of people like him. Good-looking guy, personable, marketable. Um, but he hasn't really changed, right? I think he's, you know, oh, he's probably not the most coachable guy in the world. I don't know why I'm whispering like he's here. But I think, I think you know, he didn't evolve all that well, right? He fought, you know, he's very plodding, heavy-handed. He's good on scrambles. Doesn't want to really want to wrestle anybody. His wrestling entries and takedowns aren't what they used to be. Everyone kind of sees him coming now. And his striking is very basic. So he's kind of easy to pick apart. But I would love to see him come back. I think a fight that makes sense. <coughs> Excuse me. Any fight that makes sense, um, I would want to see. I don't want to see him against Yair Rodriguez or anybody like that. But a Cub Swanson makes sense. Someone at 45, I don't know if he wants to cut to 35 or not. All right, Chris Curtis, my boy. Chris Curtis, um, been on the podcast, episode eight. Go listen to it if you haven't. MMA fighter, number one ranked welterweight in the world, number one, or no, excuse me, number one, well, uh, well that's a tongue twister. Number one welterweight in Ohio, number one ranked welterweight unsigned by the UFC currently. And um, he's got some big news. I can't, I'm not going to break it here. Because of contract reasons, I think. But I reached out to him. He's got some news. He's main eventing something. And it's a big deal. So, congratulations to Chris Curtis. I know he's going to kill it. I already know who his opponent is. It's a big deal for him. And um, I think he's going to do great. He's he's an electric guy. Obviously, we'll talk more about it when the fight gets announced. And I can talk about it. And hopefully, it's somewhere in the middle of America or even East Coast. So, I can go to it. Not a big fan of going out west, but I will uh, to support my guy. It's a big deal for him, and I and, and I can't wait. I mean, he's long overdue um, for this guy, and um, 
Yeah. So congrats to Chris Curtis, friend of the podcast, all the best to him. I know he's going to kill it. I know he's going to be, you know, former champion, best in the world. You know, he's going to be champion. He's going to be a millionaire. He's going to be all these things. So, um, what do we got? So I got the call of the week, top five. One thing I want to talk about is I'm a fan of the John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. As you guys know, I've been a guest on guest picker and, um, there's been some really good guys that, that come on. I listen to every week. They always have some come on and pick against Florian. There's a guy named Ian Parker who used to manage Chris Wyman. He's been in the MMA business forever. He's a real deal handicapper. He bets like 10 G's a fight. Um, he's been on the Florian podcast or the Anakin Florian podcast twice. Done a great job. I'm going to reach out to him, try to get him on this podcast. I want to talk to him. He's just an average guy. I think he used to manage some people. And then he, I think he owned like a company in the MMA. We'll talk to him about it. If he, if he, if, if he comes on, but John Anik, who I love, who's a gambler man himself. He said this, and I'm going to play you the clip from the, from the, um, podcast a consistent predictions in the sport dude well and that's why a lot of mma handicappers wouldn't love doing a podcast in which they have to pick every single main card fight right, right? because right. they're very selective and they pick and choose fights you know if so john and just summed up what i do right mma handicappers most of them mma lock in the night great guy ian parker they pick out of the 12, 13 fights, they go this one, this one, this one. They don't pick all of them. I'm picking all of them. And most of the time, if I'm being honest with you, I'm betting all of them too. John Annick says not, not many handicappers want to do that. They don't want to inflate their numbers. I'm not like most handicappers. That was from John Annick's mouth. That most handicappers, a guy who gambles a lot, who, who likes his gambling. I'm, I've told you from day one, I'm going to pick every fight. I'm not going to just pick the ones I like. I'm picking them all. I'm winning you guys money. So keep rocking with me. Keep rolling with me. We're going to take this fucking thing to the moon. I know that's Dave Portnoy's thing. I don't want to steal Barstool's thing, but it's the first thing that popped in my head. We're going to take this places, right? We're going to go. I've been a little under the weather. I've been lacking on social media. Maybe a couple of the podcasts haven't been that um, energetic. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, we can always strive to get better here. And that's, that, that's we're going to get better. But right there is proof that I'm doing something that no one else is doing. It's easy for me to sit here and pick boom, boom, boom. I mean, I would have made money off Randa Marcos. Put a G on her. Put a, you know what I mean? I'm going to have some stumbles, but I'm also going to get some wins. Almost, if I look back through all my things, all my little sheets here, I bet you every card I got an underdog rank. Every single one. Now, imagine my record if I would just pick the fights I like instead of avoiding the tough ones. Because there's some, there's some real pick on here. That I have to deal with that. I, you know, it's like, oh, fuck, what do I do? And I really give some thought and analysis in it. So thank you, John Anik, for backing me up and supporting me. Not knowing you're supporting me, but supporting what we're doing here. Because, listen, not every handicapper is doing what I'm doing right now. Um, call out of the week. I need to get a jingle for this. I need to, I need to do like a call out of the week here. And oh, I'm crunk right, right now. I'm, I'm real crunk. That has nothing to do with that. I, just, I love that so fucking much. Call the week, Colby Covington. I can't stand this fucking guy. Listen, I don't mind the MAGA stuff, right? You know, I don't, I, I think that doesn't trigger me at all. I don't wear what you want. I don't give a shit. Like who you want, support who you want. I don't mind the MAGA stuff. I don't really, I just, the guy's so fake and cringy. It's so bad. He does these things where he does, like, you know, he'll, he'll, there'll be like three girls and he's sitting there and he's shirtless and he's like, hey, 
go to mybookie.com and bet, use chaos and whatever. He's like Mr. Cool Guy. He apparently said he had a threesome with, a, with some porn stars or whatever. The porn star came out and was like, yeah, fucking right. When's the last time you heard a porn star said, I didn't fuck that guy. I mean, look at the guy she fucks. And she's like, I didn't fuck that guy. His shtick is just running old, right? I love what Kamar Usman. Now, Kamar Usman's my guy. I love what Kamar Usman said. He's like, I'm more American than this fucking guy. I may be born in Nigeria, but I came to America, chased the American dream, hardworking, achieved everything I had, and this guy is not any of that. His shtick, whatever you want to call it, has got him to where he's at. He's going to get the title shot. He's got a lot of eyeballs on him. A lot of people like him. I understand it. But he's so bad. Just tone it down a little bit. I can't wait till after his career, he's going to come out and be like, yeah, you know what? I was all bullshit. I don't even like Donald Trump. I'm, I'm this, I'm that, blah, blah, blah. There's not a ton of old video of Colby. I've tried to go back and watch some of his UFC Octagon interviews. Um, I need to go back some more. There's a video that released where him and George Masvidal were wrestling in like their apartment. I knew, I know they used to live together or something like that. I think they are really good friends. Um, seems like polar opposites. Masvidal and Colby do not seem like they should be good friends, but I guess they are. So you know it's kind of bullshit, right? Now everyone can change. Chael Sonnen did the same thing, right? Chael was very quiet, didn't get a lot of wins in the UFC early on, came back, started winning, started taking a little bit of steroids, and was like, I'm going to start running my mouth because I know I got a short timeline here because I'm either going to get caught or they're going to expose me for who I am. So I need to jumpstart me getting a title shot against Anderson. And he did a great job. Chael's though... Everyone knew he was doing a bit, but it was endearing. It was like loving. There wasn't like any hate behind it. You know, like he calls himself the Oregon gangster. That's just funny. No one thinks of an Oregon gangster. You know what I mean? You know, he's a realtor and he was, you know, he's all these things. He's he's a nice guy. Everyone meets Chelsea. He's a nice guy. But yet, like he's considered like the best trash talking sport. It's because he's smart. He knows what he's doing. I mean, I think there's maybe only really one guy he's ever really trash-talked he didn't like, and that was TRT. So he, I mean, he said some shit to TRT so that would piss me off. But Kobe needs to cool it with that shit. I think it's getting old. Hopefully he gets the title shot with Kamaru and gets smashed. I, I don't know how he's going to handle it. But another thing, too, I've said this on the podcast before, the video of Anatomy of a Fighter, or maybe it was embedded, where Kamaru and Kobe are right next to each other, and Kobe wouldn't even look up from his phone. And Kamara was like, oh, what's up, little guy? Don't put me next to this little guy. What's up, little guy? And Kobe didn't do anything. And he just keeps calling people junior. It's repetitive. Get new material. If you're going to do a bit, get new material. Comedians, they put out their hour special, and they get new material. If you're doing a bit, get new material. That's all I ask for you. But maybe stop doing it. All right. So ooh, we're good. We're good. We're good. Last little thing here, top five. And with top five, let me take a little drink because I'm parched. All right, I know you hate, no one likes hearing me drinking the mic, I apologize. Top five MMA retirements. With Conor McGregor just announcing he's retiring, and you can't see me, but I'm doing quotations, I'm going to give some of them, you know, this this list is kind of just weird. It's not like, oh, that guy needed to retire, or anything. It's just kind of like funny how many times he's retired. It's going to be, I'll explain it as I go. Number five, Crow Cop. This guy retired like four or five times. And he always came back. And if you look at videos of him last year when he won the kickboxing tournament, how jacked he was. And he was kind of like a shrimp in the UFC and couldn't beat anybody, but then goes to Japan and all of a sudden, you know, 
eh, ooh, uh. But it's just three or four times this guy's like, I'm done. He looks like a guy that's never been interested in fighting ever. Nothing makes this guy happy. I want to know what he does in his free time. Now, now that I'm thinking about this, I feel kind of bad because he had just recently retired because he had a stroke. And they literally said he can't fight or die. So now I feel kind of bad. I feel like an asshole because I just now forgot about that until now. I just think it's funny that Crow Cop, a guy who looks like he's doesn't love anything and looks like he is bored with everything, could not get enough MMA or kickboxing. Just retired, came back, retired, came back. But now he's retired because he is a... Okay, now I feel like a shit. All right, number four, Brendan Schaub. Huh. A guy I've been very mixed emotions about. I know I've buried him on this show before. Probably out of jealousy. I mean, he's in a lane that I would. a lot of us would like to be in. Um, I wouldn't want to do stand-up. I can never do stand-up. That's way too hard. But, you know, he's got a podcast about, you know, Below the Belt or whatever where he talks fighting. He's got a Showtime show. He gets to go do the, you know, a lot of stuff he's done is rubbing the wrong way, 100%. But um, I, I think he's good at what he does. And him retiring is the best thing that's ever happened to him. I mean, Joe Rogan basically made this guy's career, essentially. Brought him on a podcast after he lost to Travis Brown. Says, you'll get fucked up by Cain Velasquez. Why are you doing this anymore? You got one foot in, one foot out. You're a funny guy. Your best friend right here is a stand-up comedian. I'm a stand-up comedian. You're funny. Why don't you do that? And he's killing it, man. He's torn because the podcast with the fighter and killer, Brian Collins, does really well. He gets a lot of asses in the seats. He's making a lot of money now doing this. Making way more money now than he ever did. And he's way more marketable now, too. People know him. People recognize him. I think he's good on camera. Um, I don't agree with everything he says. I think sometimes he's an idiot. And I think uh, a lot of the times I can't watch, listen to Fighter Kid anymore because he just steps all over Brian Callen. And then he like agrees with everything Joe Rogan says, which is a little annoying. But I think he's a talented guy. And I don't think if he ever retired from, I don't think he would have went anywhere in MMA. I think he was very average. Um, I've never heard him do stand-up, so I have no idea how a stand-up is. But I think that's the best retirement ever in MMA. One of them, at least. He ranks number four on my list, but... I mean, the guy's killing it now. I mean, he's got a lot of, lot of business out there, and, you know, good for him. Number three, Dan Henderson. This one's on the list because I think Dan Henderson, I think he's 48, 49. Um, I know his chin went a little bit. I know towards the end he was getting a little bit chinny when, when he never was, but, I mean, your body can only take so much. But he's on the list because he's a guy, a, a lot of guys can do this, but he's a guy that I think could come out right now unretire right now and knock someone out in the top 10 at in the UFC. I think he go 205 or 185 in Bellator and win the title. Well, I don't know. Gagar Masasi probably could beat him. I think Gagar Masasi has beat him. Let's say 205. He go win the title. That's why Dan Henderson's list because I think he still got it at 48. That power's not leaving you. I've seen some videos of him. He's going a little gray on the sides. I mean, he's built like a fucking house still, still a thick guy. He still runs that gym, look a pretty successful gym. Hopefully, you know, he doesn't ever have to come out of retirement. But listen, I mean, he's on the list because I think he could and he could come out and knock some people out. Number two, the Diaz brothers. No one retires like the Diaz brothers. They're done. They're out. They're nothing. Then they call people pussies because they're running out of money. I don't want to hurt nobody. I just want to drink and party. Oh, wait, I might have a problem. I need some money again. I'll fuck you. I'll fight you. I should deserve a title shot. The Diaz brothers are the most confusing guys in the world. I don't understand them. Like, I understand to keep it gangster, keep it G, be 100. I understand all that. But you don't have to make it so fucking confusing. 
Do you want to fight or do you not want to fight? I mean, that, that's all there is to it. Listen, I'm paid. I'm good. I'm set. I mean, Nick, Nick, Nate is a millionaire now, right? He made a million off the first Conor fight. He made even more millions off the third Conor fight or second Conor fight, excuse me. I know he's doing seminars. He's making money. Um, he gets to go do his triathlons, whatever he wants to do. Nick, I don't know how Nick makes money. I mean, I know his last fight against Anderson, he couldn't have made that much money. Um, and I don't even know if he trains anymore. I had to stop following him on all social media because always his clubs and the techno, and it's just, oh, it's just so annoying. But oh, the Diaz brothers, I tell you, they're retired, they're not retired. I don't know what's going on with them. They're very confusing. They're number two. Number one, no one retires. No one retires better than Floyd Mayweather. Remember when Floyd Mayweather retired like 10 times? I'm done, I'm done, and he comes back. Tito Ortiz is number one. He's clearly the Floyd Mayweather of MMA. The guy's been retired how many times? Oh, you want to fight Chuck? How much money? Okay, cool, I'll come out of retirement. Oh, what's that? I'm retired again. No, I'm done. What's that, Chael soccer shit? Okay, I'll fight Chael. No one retired. He retired like six times in the UFC because he didn't get his way. Uh, I mean, he's not that old. I mean, I know he's had a ton of problems. I mean, the guy fought with a broken freaking skull. I mean, just ask him. His neck's a disaster. There's no bones in his neck anymore. It's just shards of neck muscle or whatever the fuck. But he's clearly number one. Tito Ortiz is probably the worst at retiring because he's never stayed retired. He'll be fighting till he's 50. Um, hopefully, he's good with his money. I don't know if he is, but I'm hoping he is. I'm hoping all these guys are. If you're a fighter... This is going to take a turn here. I'm, I'm going to be Charles Schwab for a second. If you're a fighter, save your money. Just save it all. I see I see Cody Garbrandt, right? Who was the champion for like 30 seconds. And he gets paid good, right? He gets 250K maybe a fight. Win bonus, right? He hasn't won a little bit. But he's got a house in California, which is easily, I know it's in Sacramento, but still, house in Cali, I don't know if he's renting or owning. But that's easy, 600000 that's minimum. And I think his house is nice, so you're looking at over a mil. He's got a G-Wagon. He's buying fucking jewelry all the time. He's got Gucci shirts, Gucci shoes. Listen, you you know, the way your chin's going, dude, you save your money. I don't want to lecture these guys. Listen, you ha- you ha- these guys have an impossible job. Spend your money the way you want. Uh, I'm, I'm done telling them. That's the show. So, fun show, energetic. Man, a little bit of caffeine does your boy. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I could do another one. I could do another one. I won't, though. I know you guys are tired of me. But this week, we'll do UFC Philadelphia. We'll break that down. I have the car right in front of me right now. Circling some fights right here. I love the main event. Justin Gates versus Essen Barbosa. I love that main event. We'll break that down in full. Remember to like and subscribe. DMs are open if you want to chat. DMs are open if you are going to Atlanta, April 13th for the Holloway D, um, Poirier fight. I will be there. Um, also, DMs are open if you have a shirt design because I am going to wear, I need to create an MMA Take shirt to wear to Atlanta. A little self-promotion, right? They're going to be walking in and be like, who's that guy in Yeezys? And what that fuck? What's MMA Takes? Get on your phone and check it out, people. That's what I need to do. So all those are open. Suggestions are appreciated. All right, I will talk to you guys later this week and we'll break down the Philly card. All right?